Welcome to the Inspirational Insights Insights to Action podcast. My name is Donna Jones and I'm your host. And with me today is Somya Santo Sen. We are here to talk about digital HR, which is a very interesting topic because we've been talking about digital transformation for a long time and it's been interpreted as everything from marketing to actually a full-on strategy for helping organizations prepare. But Somya Santo is coming in with the, the lens on HR, which Sometimes we call it human revolution instead of human resources. So let's get started with a little bit about what can companies do to use this pandemic that we're in, which is a great interruption of patterns, to innovate and, and really raise the bar on what they're doing with respect to people in organizations. Thank you, Chana. And uh, really glad to part of your podcast. You're talking about an interesting topic, which I'm working for several years. I really want to be clear coming to your answer. For me, digital HR is not only digitalizing the process, HR process. So this is a part of the whole journey, but I think uh, you have to understand digitalizing HR or more like digitalization or digital transformation of HR, whatever you call, I think is a process of continuously uh, making your journey of revolutionizing is a part of change in your organization. So it's, it's continuously changing your organization in terms of how we can impact business, especially when it's related to the people, because anything related to, to the business is always related also to the people. I think digitalizing HR is something which can help business to impact better in terms of the people result. We can continuously changing HR functions and also helping business in terms of getting the HR processes smoother, simpler. And respect to the experience of the people. Now, there's a lot of good terms like employee experience is coming from the customer experience part. We have to be more customer centric. You know, so we have to more impact the business. We have to increase collaborations. A lot of aspect coming around the future of work, like new way of working. All of this part has some relations to each other. And that's like whole digital HR comprise of everything. Just buying new technology and digitalizing process doesn't make sense until your people get a real experience out of it and the business get the impact doesn't make sense. Definitely with this pandemic, I've seen is a huge change coming, new wave is coming with the pandemic and it's all of the digitalization of every single function around the organization. So does HR because I'm involved in this digital HR for a long time. Though it's come from the HR technologies, HR, whatever you call, when you think from the bigger perspective, uh, you also have to see what's changing is coming. All the organizations are changing continuously with the drastic change of with the technology. And now with the pandemic, I think most of the companies are now realizing those who are not realizing at all in the beginning. So why we need to change, why digitalization importance, you know, how we're going to transform, how it's going to impact. A lot of questions has been answered with this pandemic, right? So I see the pandemic is catalyzing all those parts, all this impacting with the new way, taking care of the well-being of the people, their human-centric experience. I think a lot of the part which we are discussing now, uh, with a lot of organizations realizing this is something coming and already happening. Totally agree with you. And what you described in terms of adoption covers the spectrum of early adopters through to, oh, something's happening out there. I think there's a bit of a shift too between where companies are looking because they're often looking inside instead of a heads up. What I'm thinking is that in the work you're doing, and certainly the work I'm doing as well, it's a change in how strategy is considered and how it is formulated, essentially. Now, what have you observed with respect to strategy formulation and uh, so forth? Yeah, so um, what I've realized also with a lot of discussions and a few interviews and also understanding how organizations working. When I say strategy, starting from the strategy point, I think especially focusing on the digital strategy, this is missing piece. 
most of the organizations. You also try to find out why it's missing because uh, there's also the Gartner report 2020. There's a report saying the most challenging part of the digital transformation is a missing strategy for most of the organizations. The reason for the missing strategy is something like uh, digital strategy has been also taken into um, in a different ways. Some of the things like how it comes to the IT strategy or is a business strategy or is a people strategy, but actually it's, it is coming from all these. You know, so you have to understand your technology strategy, IT, your business, your people, and then also your current maturity. I think that's very important. Where's your digital maturity? Every organization is different. Even within one organization, there are different maturity levels between different departments, different countries, different units. So it's very important to really identify those gaps, you know, and I think that's the missing piece I've seen. Uh, this part of information is always missing. And uh, when it's missing, it's very difficult to also build up the digital strategy, how we are going forward. If I consider HR, I haven't seen very few organizations who really have a digital HR strategy. When you're talking about organization digital strategy, I think they're emphasizing more on the marketing side rather than other parts. I've seen also the digital strategy organizations more focusing on the technology, the IT, the marketing, maybe in the different sector like finance, they lack the part of people and organizations. Digital strategy is not an IT strategy. I see there's a gap. I've also seen some good improvement happen last few years, especially with the pandemic. People are in the core again. So because without people, if they are not able to work, this is impacting all of the business, any sector. So I think that's coming into picture more now. And I think that could help organizations to build the right digital strategy for going forward. The way you describe that, it's almost like there's fragments of strategy floating around inside of an organization that have no cohesive home to land. So the focus is going to be very dispersed. There's not a real solid base to do any implementation. Absolutely. I agree with you. And and that's the gap actually we have currently. I know you've written a book called Digital HR. One of the primary focuses that we see businesses are aiming at right now is survival. It's survival almost at any cost in some instances, which is uh, the opposite approach to what you can actually use this kind of pandemic for in terms of using a complex systemic issue to really ramp up your capacity to work with complex systemic issues, which are not decreasing in nature or size. Tell me more about the connection between survival and sustainability. I divided the book into three parts, like survival and uh, sustainability. I started with revolution. Most organizations fall under this category because especially with pandemic has pushed push at the survival level. I think there are very few organizations which actually really do sustainability. Sustainability is more like you have to be stable, consistent, and you are more resistant. Whatever crisis is coming in terms of uncertainty, how the things are changing, you are really adaptable to any situation. But before reaching that stage, I think uh, organizations have to be past the survival phase. Survival, especially focusing on the human-centric approach, focusing on how human capabilities can be reused. Today, we are not using our actual human capabilities because we're all busy with our stuff, very repetitive in tasks, which can be done by machines or intelligent system very fast, effectively, and more productive. But it doesn't mean machines and the systems are going to replace us. This is an opportunity to rethink about what capabilities we have as a human being in our job and how we can reskilling them in a better way, which can bring more creativity, more innovations, and more human-centric approaches and working, more collaborations. There are a lot of things which are changing in terms of leaderships and the skills of human beings. We have to emphasize more on that. The digital and the systems are going parallel. We have to really reskill and unskilling part, which is the survival part. Shape ourselves reshape our organizations, our working human and machine together 
not a, as a competitor, rather as a collaborative human and machine. That's the future, which is already happening. This is something in the survival phase. You start in, in engaging, adapting, working with the machines and reskilling. Sustainability is more stable. You can actually bring a innovation out of your culture. You use your new leadership skills to lead the organizations. You're focusing on your sustainability in terms of the environment, in terms of society, providing, working in a community, build ecosystem, because that's the future. Now the organizations are going to sustain alone and as a silos. A lot of our organizations are communicating together, like collaborating together to build ecosystem. Future, we, we are working in ecosystem. We start building in a community, share knowledge. It's matter what we are contributing to the society and we are contributing to the environment. So, very good aspect or example is the UN development program, 17 development programs. If you just go through them uh, very clearly, you can find uh, 10 to 12 very much linked to every organization in terms of the human beings, in terms of the way of working, in terms of the organization's impact in the society. A lot of initiatives has been seen, but very fragmented. It's a heterogeneous uh, initiative. If we can bring together, we have a common purpose. I think then organizations can achieve sustainability easily. If you do a Google trends search, which I did the other day playing around, the word meaning came right to the top. I can't help but think that meaning and the common purpose that you describe have a lot in common. In other words, if we can come out of this with a much higher sense of purpose, as far as Mm -hmm. organizations are concerned, we have the potential to unlock a lot of that dormant human talent that's been ridden over the shocking part of the recent Gallup poll where we've got engagement statistics are back to pre-COVID periods. What happened? We, we had this great opportunity. So I still think the door's not closed yet, but in fact, there's going to be continued pressure. But let's take a look at the connection between common purpose and meaning and strategy and organizational analytics. That vertical slice, if you will. That's the part which is coming from the top, right? The purpose, vision, mission is coming from the top. And that's why the organizations have to understand about this should reach every single employees when you're going forward. I think uh, there are a lot of discussion like why organization stability or the sustainability is going to make more into actions when the the vision and purpose is clear to everyone, every single employee is working on the same direction. And if you see the organization's evolution, you're talking about the living system, the organization's living system or teal organizations or all the new set of uh, the organization's revolutions like holocracy. I think there is very common part is in most of the organizations, they work on a one purpose, right? One clear directions and then working in a decentralized way to achieve those directions with right capabilities. I think this is the whole frame of all single evolutionary uh, models. Everyone have their own way of different aspects, style, but it's very important. So until we have that, we don't able to go to the next step. The next step is definitely the, the strategy part. So what makes sense for the right strategy for the organizations achieve those goals? And then uh, you develop strategies are different, right? So it's, it's related to people, to your infrastructures, IT, to your business model, is related to your customers. We have seen like different set of strategies uh, placed with a different set of uh, unit and people. And then we have also one single approach because, but if we have a one single purpose and direction, I think, in spite of different strategies, I think the alignment could be easier. And that's why like we have seen there are a lot of disalignment between different strategies. So I know a lot of organizations are working on a lot of transformation project, digital transformation project, this project, that project, innovation project. But they struggle a lot because everyone have their own strategy and there's no alignment because they are working in all different directions. 
at a certain point of time, what happened, they don't know where to go. And they don't, uh, they, are, they always see misalignment. They are not able to collaborate and all those small things happening. The less collaborative part, like less trust and all those issues which we are facing with our nations is coming into picture. So I think that's, that's a very important part, like how strategic aligned you are in the company whatever strategy you're using. I mean, based on those strategies, then you develop your programs. Like data, data analytics is a right, like a very centralized tool. I think we should, all organizations should be placing picture, not only because it makes effective decision, right? So if we have the right data, the facts, we can put it together and we can bring the right insight and the right story out of it. Very easily, uh, we can get those dimensions where we have to work on and we can develop right strategy of it. So I, I always see like when we start with the strategy, so I always emphasize on doing assessment, doing interview before to understand the current situation, what makes sense for the organization, so captures those data, listen to your employees, listen to stakeholders, the management team, captures those data, try to bring an insight which can really help to derive your right strategy. So it can help that part. So I think there definitely is a uh, linkage between all of them. But, uh, we have to know like how to use them in a proper way. Then we can achieve the right goal. What you're getting at then is the leadership capability, because at some point, those the leaders that are making these decisions, whether they're actual leaders in an informal sense, and here we're talking about organizational network analysis and org mapper, where those leaders start getting illuminated versus the leaders that are assumed to be leaders by virtue of being an authority position. Let's talk about the ones in an authority position, because they're the ones that the spotlight is on, and, and frequently they're the ones that are either getting in the way of or supporting the kinds of decisions that allow for big shifts to take place. What is shifts in their thinking? What shifts in skill set do you see is essential for that category of leaders moving forward? There are different ways of leadership style. So authority and driven leadership is one of the typical old style. If you see the organization evolution, that's how they're coming from the history. And uh, still, there are a lot of leaders in the, across the organizations who still possess those skills, like authoritative leadership skill, like focusing on hierarchy. That's definitely impacting the overall growth of the business and impacting the people because that's not, not actually the new way of leadership. The new way of leadership is more like a collaborative leadership. So authority is important and definitely in some of the decision making, but that's doesn't mean to the one person. We have seen a lot of decisions has been made in a conscious way and then more in a feedback-driven way. A lot of companies are deriving or developing feedback-driven culture. Decision-making is, uh, is not depend on one person, rather depend on the evidence and the facts they are collecting on different criteria. Leaders have to take into the picture. They have to think from the collaborative perspective. They have to think from the purpose perspective, vision perspective. If you see the new way of leadership, I think the main task of the leader is really to have everybody understand their current vision and purpose. They have to influence all their people so that they understand the vision They follow their vision, they follow them, and they'll have to lead by example. It's not only about the I or me, it's more about the we. And that's the culture that leaders have to create in a new way of leadership. So the more collaborating, more as a we, more as a team working, and then achieve the purpose, common purpose. Even they are working with different style, working in a different decentralized way, even working in their different capabilities, but they achieve all together in the same direction. And, and that's making of the right directions, this control of the strategies and alignment. That's the leadership uh, role now. Also, how we manage with this change is happening, how we manage all this transformation is happening. I think leading the change is one of the difficult part for every leaders today. Because I, I think you have seen that everybody likes to change, but nobody likes to lead the change. 
that's the part of the leaders that's in the pocket of a leader actually they have to drive leading the change it's not something you make a department of change management and they manage a the change this doesn't going to happen and that's what actually happening in most of the places that's why most of the organizations fail in, in these directions because they don't know that's not the right way of managing the change leadership skills changing a lot is more authoritative and uh, coming to more collaborative leading by example those who are doing this they are really successful they are already a great leaders to whom others are admiring you know so there are many examples fortunately because what we've got here is a big shift the organizational growth is tied to the leaders growth essentially right exactly now you and I can talk about this conceptually here on the conversation but you've worked inside some big companies and on global transformations when you're inside and working on the inside what are the biggest opportunities and one of the biggest challenges that are being faced in making this large-scale shift in thinking from HR as a vehicle for a whole bunch of stuff that is not that much fun to deal with to an HR that's more responsive and adaptive to the conditions that are surfacing inside the organization and outside. What have you seen in these larger companies in terms of the kinds of things that need to be overcome? The biggest part is the change. change started with the mindset always started with the mindset because uh, especially when the large organizations have their old way of working so and changing large organizations is the most difficult part because is massive especially if you talk about the large organizations who have a global team which they have multiple units working in multiple countries every countries have this own priorities every region has their own way of working they have a different culture and there all this smaller aspect is always there which is stopping you resist you for having the change and then it's very important as i mentioned last in our last discussion if we do the change for each one of them separately it doesn't going to work and that's the leadership coming to picture like with the common purpose driving it from the top always taking the ownership and accountability to manage organization change change is also changing the culture because that's the most difficult part when you say culture they have also like a lot of different brackets and dimension of the organizations realignment is also leading to the, how the way of work how their compensation and the like benefit coming into picture how their feedback is taken into account i have seen like a lot of organizations have feedback culture in place but i haven't seen that any action has been taken from the feedback out of it we have also seen there are a lot of initiative of employee engagement for a lot of organizations but again when it come to the actions based on those engagement and the feedback what type of actions and things are uh, going to take place this is something not effective enough so we have seen a lot of initiative has been done a lot of changes is undergoing but it's difficult to manage because uh, they're missing the small piece changing the right culture especially uh, working in a global environment is not a dip- uh, easy part because of globalization factors like different level market different uh, policies different rules data privacy protections there are several things into coming into pictures we have seen also the growing of the like data privacy protection cyber security a lot which is uh, actually impacting this making and smoothness of change a lot of different factors managing changes in global organization is very difficult and challenging because you have to take the decision very fast one of the challenge with organizations is not easy to take faster decision because more we take the faster decision if we fail also we can really again come back so that's the way take decision faster even you're changing something try something it doesn't work come back to another one in a more agile way and and that's how the most of the big organizations failing because decision making is always a slow process and because uh, it has a lot of uh, bureaucratic way of doing that old process of managing things 
So there's a huge transformation. I've seen a small initiative started with one particular uh, purpose for a transformation, then it's growing and becoming a bigger transformation from the prospect of the whole organization and the aspect of the culture. And one initiative uh, actually instigate another initiative to start because um, when they start working, okay, let's transform this. We want to achieve this. And you say, okay, we cannot achieve this because this process is not working. Our way of working is not uh, supporting our decision-making process is not supporting. And then let's change first the decision-making process. Let's change the way we work. Let's align our business units. A lot of things going into pictures. Uh, all makes more complex environment overall. Definitely. What impact does having a, a focus on creating shareholder value tied to executive compensation? From my point of view, as someone who reads Dynamics, when you see that, you automatically can see where the organization's orientation is going to when you're working with digital transformation and doing that in large-scale organizations, how does that change what happens? How does that change the complexity of the management process, digital management, transformational management process? What do you observe there? So that's a difficult part because um, there's always a talk about the return of investment with the transformation project. When we started implementing maybe a technology, developing a product or providing a service with target um, revenues, we can make a return of investment. But if we are transforming organizations, we cannot really capture the right tangible investment or return of investment. Rather, we can see some intangible investment returns like effectiveness of your people, productivity, the efficiency. And it's coming indirectly, not in a direct way. Sometimes we have seen stopping the initiative because we can see there's a lot of investment going there, but we are not getting some return. The projects and the investment and the new system implementation project are seen as a cost saving project or cost optimization process. Same with the people. People and HR are also uh, the, the cost center. They always see like how we can optimize cost with both IT, both people and HR. Today, I think this is not the fact anymore because if we see digitalization as a cost optimization, I don't think it's going to work because you really cannot think about that. You have to think like an investment for the future. You can also find the right linkage part between the investment and changing and impacting your business model and your way of working. That's the missing thing as well. Like It's not anymore a cost optimization. It's also like investment for learning, upskilling, your, uh, having your talent ready, your talent available for your uh, work or your investment, other things. So those things are in, coming into picture today. I appreciate what you just said, because what I was going to ask you was, was, was the role in, of digital in, in shifting away from the short-term, no vision type of decision-making into something that's got a more longevity, a bit further reach, where foresight gets exercised. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the whole digital transformation process, and especially when you link it to people and people-centric thinking, is a real means for achieving longer-term survivability and not just trying to tinker around to see what you can do to any cost to stand up again, but to build something with a much stronger foundation with a higher level of resiliency. I think that should be at least the target and the purpose should uh, actually link to the long-term goal, not the short-term. And definitely we should have a long-term goal. We have to shoot and the purpose should be vision for the future, not for today. It should not relate to what we are doing today. It should be related to what we can do tomorrow to make it better. That's the difference. Sometimes we have seen this is what we are doing today. Let's make this uh, digitalized. Let's use more technology. I don't think this is going to achieve any good result in the future because whatever we're doing today, if it's good, we don't need to really transform. So if it, this is not good, that's why we are going to transform. It's also important like to think first 
your standardizations and optimization of your process we are working today so that we can really use the right technologies we can really digitalize in a way which can help in the future and that's why it's very important so i always also suggest have a long term goal and have multiple roadmaps so have a short term roadmap this term we will achieve this based on that we may go for a mid term roadmap and long term roadmap we can have a long term strategy in place but we can have a shorter web roadmap to achieve this we can always have a recheck those strategy okay are we on the right track are we need to also change the strategy maybe in the meantime because of this situations those strategy which we have developed in 2019 even on 2019 have to be changed in 2021 based on the covid impact so it doesn't going to work It's a totally new dimension and philosophy is coming from the covid we don't have to stick to the strategy into the wall poster rather we have to think like in a more agile way ready to change whenever there's a need that's why it's important to work in a smaller roadmap so we can achieve a goal and go for the next one much more iterative and that gives you the flexibility i think the big myths that we're hopefully leaving behind is the one that stability is created from predictability and certainty in fact what we're doing is creating stability through working with the unpredictable and the uncertain yeah. but differently and, and right. i think that's, that's very right. exciting yeah. now is there anything else we didn't talk about that you'd like to add we're actually discussing all the topics you bring all the good questions uh, which most of the organizations and the leaders are facing this challenge all of them have some some connections in between and that's the difficult part i've seen we have a lot of things in place especially in this world which is uncertain in such a level number of changes is happening in every single part of your business your process your technology people everywhere it is very important that you really connecting those dots and make your strategy align as always as you mentioned like iterative way so that we always flexible enough to change that's the sustainability we can achieve so once we adapted to that environment we are flexible enough to change it fast and we can adapt easily that's how the organizations become more sustainable so then whatever happen they can always adapt there is no fixed recipe for sustainability i think there are always the recipes that you have to be more flexible more adaptable you know and then more risk taking and then you using a new way of working and leading into the picture great summary and and the other word that you brought up was risk changing how we see risk most often i see in organizations there's a fear of risk it's it's risk yeah. aversion for fear we lose what we've already built but if you don't take that risk as an opportunity right. essentially if you don't shift it to seeing an opportunity calculated risk it's not reckless risk it's right. calculated but it it's not certain if if that had happened back in the kodak days and the infamous story they'd be in charge of digital cameras today it's one of those opportunities to really reframe some of the words that we use commonplace in organizations and and what we associate with them and step forward with a different view yeah absolutely so that's the point like we have to convert the threats into the opportunities and that's the starting point of strategy right how we convert those threats into opportunities there's always a mitigation in place for any risk sometimes mitigations are easy sometimes difficult but we have to take it if you really want to uh, make a sustainable living system for your future that's important i'm on the west coast of canada you're in germany compromising your dinner hour to have this conversation with me thank you for doing that where can it's people find more information about your work tell us more about where to find you so i think um, the best way to contact me in the linkedin my contact uh, book is actually linkedin i share most of the things in the linkedin uh, as well and i have some publications as you mentioned in medium i also publish in other media companies as well 
I have written a lot in my book related to the whole changes, what is happening currently and where HR is playing a big role because it's responsible for the people in most of the organizations. I will advise to read the book and also provide feedback what you see in your current organizations, your current experience, what is coming around. I'll be happy to always collaborate and help. Thank you for being on the program. I'm hoping we get a chance to work together. I certainly yeah. learn a lot from you. <laughs> Thank you, Donna. Thank you for your time to conduct this podcast. My yeah, pleasure. I'm happy. Really glad.